presented to you by Talking the Line Sports Media, a sports gambling podcast by betters for betters, connecting you with the brightest, sharpest, and most electric personalities in all the sports gambling industry. So as always, pull up a chair, open up your mind, and get ready to receive knowledge you won't find anywhere else. We can't thank you enough for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. This is Wise Words. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen and beautiful gambling people joining us for episode number three of the Wise Words podcast. I am your humble host, Colton, Colt 45 Soroka, and I can't thank you enough for choosing to stop by and get some of the best insights and analysis on the market from some of the brightest and sharpest names in all of the sports gambling industry. Now, we have another electric guest on tap here today, and I can't wait to pick his brain for about the next 30 to 45 minutes. But before we do all of that, my friends, please hit that subscribe button. If you haven't already, whatever platform you're listening to the Wise Words Pod on, make sure you hit the like button and share it with all your friends, brothers, sisters, uncles, neighbors, enemies too, if you like. We are for all at the Wise Words Podcast One more item before we bring in today's guest of the day. I got to bring in my co-host, the man who helps me gently coax the boat that is the Wise Words pod gently down the stream. He also does the same as the co-host on the Talking the Line podcast Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. You know him as the man, the myth, and the degenerate gambling legend and also the TTL resident cheesehead himself, Mr. Riley. R. Mags Magnuson. Partner, how you doing over there today, pal? My man, I am not too bad. We've got Monday Night Football. My cheese heads are on the field tonight, so I am getting geared up. We obviously had our Monday Night Football. I mean, obviously, that won't be relevant on Wednesday when this comes out, but you know the drill. Bear down. We're ready to rock here, man. We are ready to rock. I've got some questions for our guests today that I am excited to dive into. So uh, let's get this show on the road. All right, my friend, as I always like to say, we'll get the proverbial podcast train steaming on down Mm -hmm. the tracks. Uh, Yeah, it is uh, Cheesehead time tonight, time of recording uh, on Monday, but we will be releasing this on Wednesday. So happy Wednesday to all of you watching. All right. Victory Wednesday. Hey, hopefully Packers, not at all. (laughs) Victory Wednesday, you see me bear down. All right. You know the drill, my friends. It's time to bring in today's guest of the day. Episode number three, Wise Words. Features a man that is behind some of the worldwide leading sports betting content out there. In fact, probably some content that you have consumed today. He spent the better part of 14 years in ESPN stats and information department specializing in NFL, college football, golf, baseball, and our personal favorite, sports betting. You also will see this man. Now, still with ESPN, but he's got a little bit of a promotion. He's now the deputy editor of sports betting at ESPN, going on his third official year. He once predicted the correct score of Super Bowl 56. He 
also has been known to dish out a sharp play on a college football Saturday or a beautiful NFL Sunday. Ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome in with my pleasure, the legendary and quickly becoming more and more popular by the day, Mr. David Behrman. Welcome in. I, I can tell you guys, like, I've done a lot of these podcasts, but I'm not sure I've ever been introduced that often. So, um, that's three, good. Three, hey, that's good. three for three, baby. Just <laughs> knocking them out of the park. So, hey, I mean, you guys introduced yourself with nicknames. I was wondering if you're going to get me a nickname, but everything else that you said hey, for me. So, can, can I call you DB? We'll work DB. You're a DB. I mean, uh -huh. I, I, I one time did get a, a, a Chris Berman nickname. You know how he does all the nicknames on Prime yeah, Time. Okay. I, I was at a U.S. Open once, and it was Father's Day, and got in the truck about 5.15 in the morning, and he looked at someone and said, last name Kramer, Kramer equals Kramer, Seinfeld reference. Then he looked at a guy named Fitting and said, Fitting, comma, Lee. Then he looked at me, <laughs> and he goes, have another beer, man. <laughs> Good to go. I love it. I love it. Well, David, Seriously. thank you so much uh, from taking some time out of your busy schedule. I know it is a wild time of the year for you over there at ESPN, so cannot thank you enough. We won't hesitate. We won't delay. Let's get right into it. Um, first question I got for you, my friend. Um, know you've been at ESPN for a while, obviously kind of had your feelers in sports betting, and you've been able to see it from the base level and where it's at now. What are, I mean, with it quickly so becoming legalized state by state, especially over the last year, what are some of the biggest changes you've seen over the course of the last year in the sports betting market? I mean, we're, we're full steam ahead. And, and if you go back, you know, a couple of years ago when I tried making this one of my focus things, uh, pitching content out there, I was a content guy you had mentioned off the top in our stats and info department. One of the areas we were pushing was, was sports betting content. I kept saying, hey, you know, why just talk about Tom Brady being nine and one against the Dolphins? You can say how he's, you know, two and seven against the spread is just as good. So pushing gambling content. The big difference, though, Colton, is years ago, nobody was listening. It was legal in one state. And because it was legal in one state, it wasn't a passion of many. And those who were doing it were obviously doing it under the table or illegally. And it's not something you wanted to promote. No, you know, we were <laughs> we were we were planning on eventually the Supreme Court reversing that you know federal ban. And then we'd go from there. And sure enough, they did that in, in May of 2018. And that really opened the floodgates, as you've seen worldwide or countrywide floodgates state by state. We're now up to about 26 states that have passed some sort of sports betting measure and have legalized it. Uh, and, and ESPN is, is basically following in the same boat that we're now going to talk about it more. We're now going to do more. And the first thing we did was we launched Daily Wager, which is a six-day-a-week, uh, one-hour program that you guys can get with Doug Kazarian, Anita Marks, Joe Fortenball, Tyler Fusham, oh, Chris yeah. the Bear Felica, and Stanford Stephen the Bear. We launched that in March of 2019. Um, that was a, a project that I am very proud that I worked on for, for many, many months, along with the rest of the duties, is getting what? that show launched. We're huge um, fans, huge fans of Daily Wager over here. We love it <laughs> every and, Sunday. You know, I, who knows what's going to happen you know, in the next 20 years of your career, but I, I, I do know that I spent those couple of months working on a pilot program to sell to the higher-ups in Disney and ESPN and then worked on actually launching uh, the actual show before heading on over to the digital side to oversee ESPN Chalk, uh, which we now do. And you talked about the biggest differences, you know, it, even in the last year, we've expanded in terms of what sports we cover with betting, how often you see the betting. Not only do we have daily wager six times a week during football season, but we have the YouTube show bet that is three times a week in, in the social space. We're doing Sunday morning shows from Las Vegas ahead of NFL content. And I don't know if you got to tune in last Monday. I know most of the world was watching the Manning cast that was going on. 
we had a betcast on ESPN Plus on Monday Night Football, which, honestly, guys, even with growing sports betting, if you had told me three years ago that we would have a second-screen experience during a National Football League game, full well knowing the NFL has been the last league to slowly acknowledge sports betting actually exists and is legal in more Mm -hmm. than 25 states, Mm. but we were actually going to have a second-screen event against our own programming that was on Monday Night Football and do that in the betting space, and people tune into it, I would have thought you guys were crazy. But that's the future. That's where we're going. (laughs) Um, We've now done two NFL games. One was the wild card game last January. We've Mm -hmm. done a couple of NBA games as well, and hopefully we'll get into golf and other things. So, you know, that's where we're headed, and that's the biggest difference where a couple of years ago it was a tongue-in-cheek. You might hear Al Michaels or Brent Musburger or, you know, Lee Corso on game day saying, I like them to win by six. And an extra point. Sure. Now mm-hmm. lines on the screen. You right. see it in games. You see it on the bottom line. Uh, we're no longer afraid of sports betting content mm. and talking about it. It's it's no longer taboo. You know, we're we're days away from the state of Connecticut formally launching sports betting in our own backyard, which is something that we've all waited for for for, for many many years. I've been here 16 years and I've waited a long time. Then I have to drive to Jersey and and, and place some bets. So <laughs> that's what I tell myself I do. Um, but it's just been, you know, we're trying not to throw it in your face. We've learned from the mistakes of, of daily fantasy from 2016, Mm. when there was a commercial on TV every five seconds and we were pushing Mm. and pushing and pushing. We're, 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 we're getting there. Um, I I would say we're probably the, the phrase I've always used guys is we're in the first quarter. I would say now we've probably progressed to the second quarter or maybe the third inning of a major league game when it comes to where we are in sports betting content. Um, but I am, I'm happy with where we're headed and what we're doing. And it's just a lot of stuff going on that I'm proud that we produce every single day. Yeah. I, uh, I love all of that, my friend, cause I had about, uh, three other questions that you answered all in one there for me. Um, we are huge fans of, like I said, the daily wager, and then definitely to see where the future is going and have those bet casts. I mean, we love tuning into those. I can't even tell you how much those are becoming a thing and kind of why we got into the industry, you know, mm-hmm. rub elbows with guys like you. Hey, we, we see where the in- industry's going, man. And, and we know that they're, like you said, third inning of a major league game, it's, it's not even close to being the ceiling yet. So I thanks so much for sharing all that. Uh, Riley, what do you got, my man? I guess kind of building on top of that, uh, as far as using that same analogy of like the third inning, second quarter, what I guess what would you kind of envision? Maybe it's 10 years down the road. What would you envision that ninth inning or fourth quarter? Is it ESPN kind of having their own sports book type of thing? Or maybe is that a little beyond what the expectations are? Or is that out of the question at all? Hey, I mean, it's it's all out there. It, mm-hmm. It's all a possibility. I'm sure you guys have, have, have read many articles about how ESPN is, is growing more into sports betting. And, you know, the, the first step was was the overturning of, of the Supreme Court and launching shows and content around that. And then mm-hmm. our first actual deal in the industry is with Caesars Sportsbook to be the official odds provider of ESPN. Fast forward six to eight months, and then we have link out stuff where you actually, in legally legal betting states, you go to ESPN.com or the app and you can click on bet now and it takes you to DraftKings or Caesars. And yeah, there are different steps we take. Um, you know, it, it's always a possibility that eventually you partner with a sports book to have one. You know, those things are are out there and you, you can't get too deep into it on the show. But, you know, we're sure. we're we're embracing what is legal um, and, and how we're now in more than 50 percent of the states and trying to do more. And and Riley, to to add on to that, I think you will see more bet casts and, you know, without giving away state secrets, you know, you, you know, we have the rights to PGA tour live. 
the start of next season and, and hopefully mm. leaning into the fact that they have a PGA Tour live channel. It's going to be on ESPN Plus. Could you do more betting content like that? More bet casts. And, you know, quite honestly, I think we're not even in the bottom of the first when it comes to the live betting aspect, which is what sure. was so phenomenal mm. about the best cat last Monday night as I sat there in the office for three and a half hours through a phenomenal football game and, you know, feeding info to Vegas on live betting content. And, you know, there's a very small percentage of this country who has sat in an NFL stadium or an NBA arena and have live bet a game while it's going on in front of them. It's a completely different experience than anything else you've ever done in the sports betting world. It's one thing to sit there and say, all right, you know, I'm going to have a bet on Monday night football, you know, lay the, lay the points with the Packers or go take Aaron Rodgers over prop. And then it happens mm-hmm. But to be sitting at a game or be watching a game and having your app with you and be able to do live betting is literally in its infancies in this country. Whereas it's, it's literally like eating breakfast over, over mm-hmm. in Europe. I think, what you're going to see moving forward is a lot more of that when the technology over here catches up and the latency gets better. The feed is a lot more shows in the live markets. You know, right now, due to pre-existing contracts, we're not using sports betting content during the games themselves. That still seems mm-hmm. to be an area that is protected from that. They might change over the next, you know, four to seven years when you see these contracts come renewed and, you know, the different sports get their new contracts that might involve more of in-game stuff. So I think we're still being very careful as to not shoving it in your face. You may want to watch Monday Night Football tonight and want nothing to do with betting. We'll flip on over to E-plus and you can get that experience. Or, you know, I I know with Major League Baseball, they all have these the regional networks, you know, the the Bally Sports and and whatnot, the regional shows. Hmm. There can be a secondary feed that gives you an all-betting experience because really there's no sport easier to bet live than Major League Baseball with all the stoppages. Right. That could be something down the line where you see like uh, Fox Sports South Plus, where I know uh, those in the Washington, D.C. area have experimented with doing that on the NBC side of things. Uh, but what you're seeing now is a lot of media companies partnering with sports books, whether it's NBC and PointsBet, us and Caesars, FoxBet, et cetera. And you're just going to see more of that. Um, basically, the, the companies, the businesses coming together and, and working as one content division. And with that, you'll see more shows, more live experiences, um, and, and less concern about, should we really be talking about sports betting? Well, yeah, it's legal. So let's talk mm-hmm. about it. Right. Yeah, I uh, I love all of that. And I kind of actually want to stick with somebody, you, something you were hitting on there, Mr. DB, if, uh, if I so can, please. Um, there was something that you stuck on there, the live betting. And I have kind of this vision, and I don't know if you have any insights into it, or maybe you can tell me you're way off base. That'll never even be possible. But I have this vision of one day I can walk into Soldier Field, and as they're scanning my ticket, they'll say, oh, Mr. Soroka, would you like a personal betting tablet today? And they'll hand you some type of tablet, and you can click it into the seat in front of you and live bet right there, whatever you – I mean, maybe you don't have the app or whatever the case might be, so then it'll kind of be able to incorporate that. Is that something that might be on the table or we could see something along the lines of that, or is it going to be like just the live books that we're kind of seeing start to pop up now here and there at Stadium to Stadium? I think 2021, 2022, no. 2023, 2024. Yeah, I think that's a possibility. I remember 10 years ago walking into Dolphin Stadium, Joe Robbie Stadium, whatever you call it. And because I was a season ticket holder, they handed me this huge device that I wore around my neck that was able to program my entire fantasy lineup in. And it had Sunday ticket built into it. And the owner of the Dolphins, Stephen Ross, owned the company that was experimenting with the season ticket holders. And I sat at my seat and 
literally the direct TV red zone feed swapped out, not due to the red zone, but due to my fantasy players. So anytime my fantasy player got the ball, it was like a red zone channel for my fantasy team. <laughs> That's um, awesome. I can't remember watching one play of that game that I was at because I was watching <laughs> yeah, the same. Yeah, so yeah. I, I would imagine at some point down the line, I mean, the NFL – and we have pieces. David Purdom wrote some excellent pieces on ESPN Chalk about the 180 the NFL has done. They were, again, mm. one of the last leagues to come aboard. But you are seeing stadiums being having sports books being built in them. You see one in Washington right now. Talks about one at Wrigley Field. You're going to see them in other stadiums mm. where you can go to the book but not be at the game and vice versa. Right. There will be a blend at some point where I think it might hit NBA before it hits NFL where mm -hmm. you sit at your seat and be able to bet live. But at some point in the next five years, I think that will be an everyday. I mean, think about it. If you could go to the East Rutherford, New Jersey and go to a Giants or Jets game and there's a sports book in the parking lot, you know, mm -hmm. like, is there the NFL still has its rules and regulations and there won't be live betting or any betting on an NFL stadium premise. This is, but that's not far away. Like, Sure. Baby steps. The fact that you watch NFL game tonight and you'll see 40 commercials from DraftKings and Caesars mm. and that they're actually allowing you to have a sports betting lounge in the stadium. Um, I was told that the first sports betting lounge in NFL stadium won't have a ticket window, but will have kiosks that you can bet in. Not sure what the difference is, but about the right. same. <laughs> Electronic <laughs> human being. <laughs> little by little, the, the the barriers are being broken down, and I think mm -hmm. anytime the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL looks at the bottom line and realizes how much money is part of this, don't get mm -hmm. me wrong. If 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 the NFL cracked a deal with anybody and it said you know ten percent of all gambling revenue is going to go to the NFL, you'd be able to bet from any seat in the stadium. Like right. if the NFL is getting a piece of that action, sure. don't get me wrong. It would happen. Follow the money. Right. Right. Yep. <laughs> We're not there yet. So sure, I think sure. there will be more and more agreements as we move forward. And yet yeah, at some point you'll probably be able to sit at your seat again. I would project that the NBA would come first where, you know, they already have a betting arena, a betting uh, sports book at the Washington wizards arena. Um, so it, it's coming. Um, Arizona, seems to be all in on sports betting where every stadium or field in Arizona is going to have some semblance of a sports book. So we're not too far off Colton. And I think down the line, that is something, you know, I've done it before at games where I've sat there with my app and done it. And I think at some point you'll be able to do it as well. Yeah. I've uh, obviously I've had like either the FanDuel or you mentioned DraftKings having that open and mm -hmm. um, live betting from that aspect, but just to have something that maybe your first time better. Ah, you know, what. I think I want to, just to know that that might be on the table in the future. That's awesome. So, Riley, go ahead, my man. I guess kind of building off that, if you had to pick one sport, this might be a little outside the box. Maybe it's not in your wheelhouse. If, if you had to pick one sport that might rise in popularity, whether that's kind of get on that same level as some of the big boys or maybe it's some obscure, obscure sport that we're not even thinking of that might at least be more of a household name as far as the sports landscape. Is there one sport that you, maybe Absolutely. it's just a random guess. Maybe there's one that you can kind of see coming up. Not even a random guess. The numbers have already proven it's golf. Like okay. or not, golf has risen yeah. in pop. Because if you look at golf and popularity, golf popularity has ebbed and flowed with Tiger, period. That, that's it. Hmm. When Tiger was in his prime, it was as popular as anything. When Tiger right. was out, nobody gave a crap. Mm -hmm. This past year, no Tiger Woods, and the numbers were extremely high because of betting. It's right. I mentioned a few minutes ago that that major league that, that baseball in general is one of the easiest sports to bet on be, mm -hmm. live because of the stoppages. 
golf's even easier than that. Right. You hit a drive, you got to walk to your drive for 10 minutes. And while you're walking to your drive for 10 minutes, you can place bets. Hit your approach, you got another 10 minute. You guys have played golf. You know what it's like. Yeah, sure. Golf also has the technology with the shot link data and measuring every single thing. You can't watch a golf broadcast without seeing notable stats up there that you can use for sports. Exactly. And this past year, I've seen more talk about betting in golf in some way, shape, or form than I've ever seen before. Now, sure. football is king. Let's call it what mm-hmm. it is. NFL and college football, nothing will ever reach the heights of what dollar figure is spent on that. Mm-hmm. But I would argue that those people are watching even if they're not betting or they were already betting before these rules changed. Right. So you can't really go much higher than like they're already up there. Sure. But in terms of gaps, golf popularity pre-betting and golf popularity with betting and then with the onset of live betting mm. – um, Last year was really an explosion in in golf ratings, viewership, streaming, um, and I mean, just look at the numbers that DraftKings and FanDuel put out with how much betting goes on with golf. And right. in the past, all the promos were always related to football. Now you're seeing a lot more golf promos as well. And um, I I got immersed in it. I was always immersed in golf betting for for years, uh, but you know. Uh, personality wise, on air wise, I did more weekly golf pods than ever before because of the popularity of, of it growing. And it's only going to continue to grow when these young guys continue to do well. Um, Tiger comes back at some point, but it's sure. no longer just the Tiger show. Now there's mm-hmm. betting and pools and stuff like that. Yeah. So I guess even building on top of that, switching gears a little further here, Colton and I get into, like you said, we, we play golf. We love watching golf. I wouldn't say as far as a week to week basis, we, I don't know that we would call ourselves experts. So we don't give a ton of advice out on it. You know, we like to play along obviously for the big ones. And then here and there, if we see an edge, as far as any baseline golf strategies for people betting, is there really any profitability from picking a winner week to week? Is that more of an entertainment play? Or, you know, if you are tapped into it, is there value as far as picking a winner outright each week? I would tell you that that as someone who does this every single week and, and do it for a living when it comes to the golf side is treat the picks to win as your snackable lottery type tickets. Like if you're right. going to do a scratch off, like don't sure. go big, spend your five to $10 picking these guys, especially the longer shots you might hit every once in a while. But the real money is spent and won on top tens, top twenties, props, matchups, et cetera. So hmm. yeah, I hit a couple of winners this year that helped pay for my year. But I did significantly better in the the head-to-head matchups, the daily matchups, and most profitably for me was the top tens and top twenties because you can get really good odds, and 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 it's mm-hmm. a lot easier to get a top ten and a top twenty. It is to win. <laughs> right. Um, right. Where where I've made my money in in the the future market of wins is having some of my guys in contention to be able to go then pick somebody else on Sunday. Take sure. the British Open as a prime example. I had Louis Usazen at 30 to, 35 to 1, and I had Justin Spieth at 40 to 1 pre-tournament. They were 1-2 going into Sunday, so I naturally bet on Morikawa 3. Mm-hmm. Morikawa was about 3 to 1, and the 3 to 1 shot won. I did not win nearly as much as I would have if the other two knuckleheads had come in, right. but it right. allowed me to go ahead and bet on someone else. Sure. Um, you don't get those every week. There are some right. weeks you go into Sunday with nobody available. Um but if you're consistently betting top ten, like Tony Finau is a perfect example. That guy can't win. Oh, right. He did. He finally <laughs> did. But for Mondays the longest only, time, I guess. it was his top ten Tony. Like I pick yeah, him to right. win the top ten every week, and right. you're getting three to one and four mm-hmm. to one and three and a half to one, and those add up mm. as opposed to, well, if I put $10 on him to win at 30 to one, I just wasted $10 on 
I don't know, five consecutive years. (laughs) (laughs) But all those people who thought Finau would win an event every week, I was picking him in the top 10. Mm -hmm. Um, Guys only get one to two wins a year, but they get tons of top 10s and top 20s. And that's where I've made my meal money there. Um, I've been very good in doing matchups. I'm a big fan of watching Thursday and Friday on TV, diving into the box scores of golf to make my Saturday picks. I kind of, go a little light Thursday, Friday, and I go all in on Saturday with matchups. And then Sunday, you know, Sunday is my day to, to, to bet it live just because you have all these different right. things going on and you can watch it and do it. So many, many different ways to bet golf. You know, I'm not saying that's not the case in other sports, but for the most sure, part, sure. football is side total props. Golf, right. you can make a million different bets on, on right, right, right. Game. All over the map with golf for sure. And actually one of the last ones that you mentioned, that live betting, the head-to-head, hole-by-hole betting. You talk about an electrifying sweat (laughs) and a half. Sign me up every Sunday, every championship Sunday. I am with it. You look at at the Travelers Championship that that Harrison English went eight holes in to win in our backyard here. And I woke up Sunday morning and I didn't have a dog in the fight. I watched Mm -hmm. Harrison English do very well on hole one. I said, you know, there's like, nine different guys within three shots of the league. I'm going to throw a dart and the dart landed on eight on Harry and -hmm. I took him the win. And then you fast forward four hours and they're in an eight hole playoff and you you just, it's nonstop sweat. You know, I had Bryson when he was in the playoff with Patrick Cantlay. Cantlay, That was a sweat that, that probably aged me 10 years. And and, and I lost because, you know, I I wound up betting on Cantlay at some point. (laughs) I had Bryson at 24 to one and right. He had well, 74 chances to win. It was like the 86 Red Sox. Like, you got to win or not? <laughs> right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Mr. DB, uh, I think it's about time we address the elephant in the room. Uh, we've talked about golf. Now it's time to uh, revert gears here just a little bit. Obviously, we can see it all there behind you. Big Dolphins fan, we know. Now, I'm sure you could imagine what I'll ask you, and you could go down just about any rabbit hole here, a million different directions. So we'll kind of keep it centered a little bit on your Dolphins. Now, I'm sure you already know this. The Tua injury news came out. kind of going to be him as much as he can tolerate pain. What's really going to happen there? What are you thinking there? Where do you think they're stacking up in the AFC East? Because the AFC East, in my mind, is getting more and more confusing as the days go on here. And should fans be hitting the panic button? Or maybe are you hitting the panic button yet? You know what the greatest thing about the NFL is? Like, if you were to go back and rewatch shows that you taped the week before, how different things are. I did about four Dolphin podcasts last week, and I was on the moon, you know, <laughs> first place Miami Dolphins, talking playoffs, two as a Hall of Famer. And this week, you know, yesterday at Buffalo Wild Wings, the, the waitress comes over to me and goes, can I get you anything? And I said, cyanide, shotgun, you got anything for me? You know, franchise quarterback, you know, out for the game and at the time – Lord knows how long, and the team down twenty-one nothing to mm-hmm. our, you know very very popular and lovable Buffalo Bills. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not hitting the panic button yet. I like what I saw week one. Now that to his injury is not deemed serious, you know, cut a break. This is a guy who had an almost career-threatening hip injury in college, right. mm-hmm. and not being able to walk off the field. Roll tight. Re-injured <laughs> it. Now that we, if you had said to me yesterday at four o'clock, you know, top to bottom, what's the best case scenario? I would have said bruised ribs day to day would have been number one on the list as opposed to career threatening hip injury right. at the bottom. Um, I'm still believing to, and I'll, I'll tell you why I don't think, and I had this argument with my cousin last night. I don't think we've seen enough to make a determination. There were dolphin fans 
who were ready to jump ship last offseason because of nine games of data without training camp, without preseason, without any weapons. Talking about nine games. Like Peyton Manning didn't right. have a very good nine game start. Like Josh mm-hmm. Allen didn't have a very good nine game start. Joe Montana didn't have a very good nine. You know, if you actually look at the numbers, two of his numbers weren't even that bad for nine games. I know they were comparing right. him to the golden boy out in LA, Justin Herbert, and wrong pick, back to back picks, blah, 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 blah. I said, get him some weapons, get him an offseason, let him another year removed from the injury, and we'll see what happens. We've had one game. Right. Now everybody's like, oh, just go get Watson. Two is done. All right. <laughs> I'm not sure Dan Marino would have looked like Dan Marino behind the crap that that offensive line was yesterday. I mean, it was like rolling turnstiles there. Tua got smashed right. on three of the first five plays. I don't think we have enough information to hit that panic button. No, I would not trade the rest of my franchise for a person who is currently – has 22 lawsuits right. with his name on it. I'm just Very I'm true. not doing that. Very true. Right. I'm not sure Deshaun Watson can do well behind the offensive line that we showed yesterday. Yeah. They need to make sure that line is better before I give you an honest assessment of where I think Tua is after 10 games of an NFL career. Is he injury prone? How many other quarterbacks get up from that hit yesterday? Because you know what? There were seven quarterbacks who left games with injuries yesterday, and Tua mm. just happened yeah. to be one of them. Right? Mm. I'm not thrilled that I'm – about to go fly to Vegas to see Jacoby Brissett play. I'm happy I'm going to be in Vegas, but I was hoping to see Tua play, and it's not out of the right. realm that he'll play. Sure. Um, if Jacoby Brissett is the quarterback moving forward, the Dolphins are not going to make the playoffs. Like, Captain mm. Obvious here. Day to day, week to week, we'll probably miss a few weeks. Not ready to panic yet, um, but I'm also not in the same mood that I was in a week ago when the Dolphins were in loan in first place by themselves and they had a chance to – put their foot on the division by making the bills 0 and two. And that lasted about 34 seconds. In fact, the game was not even on my TV yet at Buffalo wild Wings by the time <laughs> the dolphins were losing. So not ready to panic yet. Still high on them. If Tua comes back and can stand upright, I still think it's a team that battles new England for a wild card. Spe- I mean, I'm not going to lie. Buffalo is winning that division. Like, I know after one week they got their butts kicked by Pittsburgh. The dolphins beat the Patriots. Ah, uh, the dolphins are going to win a division. I had no illusions that even with a healthy Tua, they were going to beat Buffalo because look at what Buffalo has done the last Mm. three years to Miami. Mm. At the end of the day, Buffalo is going to win that division and you're battling for three wild card spots. I don't think Denver's better. I don't think the Raiders are better. I don't think the Patriots are better. That's why I think the Dolphins can still battle for a playoff spot. Now, if Tua is going to miss two months, you know, guess I'll be betting more. But, <laughs> um, yesterday was not a fun day. And, you know, think about I'm also a huge and huge Gator fan and alum and played well but lost to – I would have signed up for one and one before the weekend started. <laughs> um, the, I did not see it working the way that Florida would come within a missed extra point and a horrible mm. two-point conversion from beating Alabama. Right. And my, the Dolphins would not even get off the bus in South Florida. But <laughs> – I honestly it was 21-3 Alabama, and I figured the opposite was going to happen. But right. um, welcome to the life of a Florida sports fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for the insights. All right, Dolphins fans, you heard it here first. I know we have a couple in uh, our audience. Don't hit the panic button per the legendary David. David <laughs> Behrman, he has said it already. Leave it alone. You're all right. Just relax. I, I look at it this way. If two is healthy – and he gets protected, they have a shot at the playoffs. If Tua right. is not healthy, 
there's no panic button. The season's over. You're not making right. the playoffs. <laughs> Jump off the cliff. <laughs> Jump <laughs> off the cliff. It's over. <laughs> what do you got, Riley? Uh, yeah, I guess last thing for me, you mentioned Florida. Is that uh, optimism for the future, whether it's this year going forward or, uh, for Florida football, or is that kind of just more of the same from the last decade? I mean, I'm not a moral victory guy. I don't take mm-hmm. victory laps after two-point losses. Right. I will say, though, you're down 21-3 to and getting your ass kicked in the first quarter versus the number one team in the country, and you outplayed them for the next three quarters and came within a play or two of actually upsetting them at home. Sure. There was optimism. Um, I, I can tell you that I saw a lot more from Emory Jones this past week against Alabama than I had seen, period, from him. They also played without their, their awesome backup quarterback, Anthony Richardson, who – Maybe he gets in there for a play or two if he's healthy and that game ends differently or starts off differently in the first quarter. Um, I think the schedule lines up where you, know, you got Georgia and LSU. And, and, and honestly, Riley, that's what's going to make or break their season. Yep. They came close at home versus Alabama. Georgia on the neutral site game ain't going to be easy. They're better in LSU. And, you know, if they go 10-2, and two, they'll make a New Year's Six Bowl and they'll play in a sure. big, big, big bowl game. Uh, 11 and one, you have an outside chance at, you know, at a national championship semifinal. Yeah, well, mm. Maybe, you know, optimistically, the goal is to beat Georgia and get a second shot at Alabama. Yeah, um, most definitely. Because if you think about it, even though they haven't beaten them, nobody else has lost to them by one score, two consecutive games. Alabama, yeah. they, they lost by six last December with a shot at a national title. And they lost by two this time and nobody else has done that. So right. there is optimism there. I, I've always been a fan of Dan Mullen. I've wanted Dan Mullen the last three or four hires that they made. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be fine. I'm excited about their quarterbacks and their wide receivers. You know, they, they tackled like my kids flag football team in the first quarter. And that ultimately <laughs> is what cost them the victory because, yeah. you know, you had three possessions where it looked like it was 11 on eight. Um, they battled and they battled tough again. Mm. It's still at the end of the day, win loss, it's an L. But in the grand scheme of things, they didn't drop in the polls. And I know that's what right. matters to a lot of people. Um, with the way college football is set up with the committee, committee looks at this as probably a moral victory. And if the voters right. didn't drop them, I know at the end of the day, you know, nobody else is going to play Alabama as, as good as Florida did. So right. hopefully you get another shot at them. Um, but there is optimism. I don't see them losing to Missouri or Tennessee or Kentucky, not to make small, but Dan Mullen hasn't lost those games at Florida. Right. Dan Mullen has lost to Alabama. He's lost to Georgia. He's lost to LSU. That's who he loses to. Mm-hmm. So um, I think they can beat Georgia, and and we'll go from there. Yeah, I mean, Colton doesn't want to hear it because he's a Bama fan, but I'm I'm ready for some Hold chaos, so some, some shakeups here in college football because uh, someone like Florida or, you know, Ohio State, obviously, Clemson might be out of the picture this year, but I need some more shakeups. I don't think you're getting it. I think Alabama I don't think so kind of fell victim <laughs> to the environment. What you saw in the first quarter was Alabama. Um, and then Florida played much better and they had an environment that a lot of people aren't used to. Like I've been to the swamp. Yeah. 90,000 fans. That's a hard place to win. Oh yeah. Um, and eventually that's what, I mean, you have a freshman quarterback, (laughs) you know, Nick Saban was saying after the game that they have a, they have a clap. You couldn't hear the clap. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of clock management issues at the end of the day. It's really not up for discussion. Alabama's the best team in the country and they're going to win another national title. I don't think anybody's going to beat them. Georgia might. Um, but I'm hoping Georgia doesn't have a chance to, cause I want Florida to have a second shot. at it. Right. <laughs> you know, um, unlike previous seasons where you, you could legitimately say, yeah, well, Clemson can beat them. Ohio state yeah. can beat them. Oklahoma is not good. So at the end right. of the day, it, it really is Alabama and Georgia and we'll see. 
Yeah, for your sake, hopefully Florida instead of Georgia. <laughs> right. And I know the whole world wants to see Alabama, Georgia in December, and we'll probably get that. But, you know, if yeah. Florida beats Georgia and doesn't lose another game, um, not much is going to stop Alabama. So, right. Most definitely. All right, Mr. DB, one more from me, and then uh, we'll make sure everybody gets all of your socials, everything, so we can uh, follow you on there. Now, this one is a little bit more niche, and maybe you don't have the answer right away. And I was thinking maybe if you didn't have the answer right away, maybe in care of at talking the line, you put out a little tweet about it later, maybe if there is some stats. But had uh, a little conversation with uh, a friend of the show, outside of the show, and we were talking about kickers. Is, is this trend that – kickers are missing at a higher rate more than ever now is there truth behind that trend or were we just not paying attention five ten years ago and we just missed all of that or does it seem that kickers are just missing at a ridiculously high rate now more than ever it all changed when they pushed the extra point back 15 yards that mm -hmm. has changed it i mean the, the data is there where they these mm -hmm. guys are missing more extra points than ever before because they yeah. moved it 15 yards back um, I couldn't tell you whether they've missed more in the first two weeks than last year, uh, but the last couple of years have been a lot of bad misses, more so than just extra points. You, you've seen misses from field goals. Like, you know, everybody assumed that Minnesota was going to make that game-winning field goal yesterday, and, mm. you know, I had a Arizona-Seattle parlay and survived Arizona to then crap the bed 10 minutes later. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if there's – a reason that they're missing field goals. I can tell you the data is there that extra points have significantly dropped because of the right, right. pushing it back. Um, it's part of the game it is what it is. And mm. you got to have a good kicker. And I assume we're talking NFL because college yeah. football kicking sure. is a whole oh, other yeah. animal. Yeah. Um, college kickers, forget it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And I can, I can find out if, if the field goals are down. Yeah. I'll that'd be sweet. Out. That'd be I sweet. Tweet at the show. Um, extra points. The last couple of years have been pretty. Yeah. Pretty most brutal. definitely. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it cost Seattle to win yesterday. Mm, um, sure. I thought that, you know, Baltimore is the best kicker in the game, and I thought they made the wrong choice to go for two first, um, which made them have to go for two again. Um, and that almost cost them the game. If they don't fumble there, Kansas yeah. City takes the field goal lead, right. and it's over. Um, I think they're chasing. But analytics would tell you you should probably go for two every single time. Mm. I mean, I, I'm not going to argue for or against it, um, but – the math tells you that going for two every time is has better win percentage than kicking it. Um, and you're seeing more and more teams do that, especially early in the game. Right. right. And yeah, whole teams are hiring analytics departments for crying out yeah. loud. Now they, they know that's, that's what's behind a lot of the games now. So I, yeah, if there I is any, go ahead. I can't tell you it's starting to affect the betting side. Oh, yeah. You know, those key numbers are three and seven. Yeah. Um, and you know, when you got three and a half or seven and a half, you, you, you're, you're trying oh. to buy the hook. Um, it's not as profitable as it used to to buy that because it may mm. not matter. Like last sure. night's game should have been a three point game and it wasn't because of, of going for two. Sure. Yeah. That, uh, that's definitely something to think about. So, well, without further ado, we'll let you get on about your day here. Uh, David, we would absolutely love to have you back on again. We'll, uh, we'll most definitely have a uh, second season. We're going to revisit some of the uh, first guests that we have. So I know I definitely have a lot more that I could ask you about, and I'm sure we probably get into week 12 or 13. Maybe we revisit those dolphins, see how you're feeling, then <laughs> bring you back in. So um, outside of that, Riley, do you have anything else we missed? No, sir. I'm all out. All right. Um, well, David, as far as your social platforms, I know sure. we follow you um, on Twitter. Where can everybody follow you as far as your handles or any of the yep. content you might put out there? Sure. I'm on Twitter at D Behrman, B-E-A-R-M-A-N-E-S-P-N. 
Um, all of the content that we produce goes out there, including my bets and, and funny stuff that my kids do. Um, ESPN Chalk is the place to get all the content. www.espn.com backslash chalk or just go to more sports in the app and click on chalk. That is our ESPN daily website that we, we, we give out all of our gambling information. And some of it is uh, public facing where David Purdom will give you a recap of the weekend and where the action report has gone with the money. And some of it is behind the paywall where if you have access to E plus, you'll get all of our picks columns that are out there from golf, college football, MMA, NFL, NBA, on and on and on. We do picks off of every single sport. Uh, every single Friday will be our NFL column. Every single Thursday, we got Stanford Stephen the Bear. Wednesday afternoon, we have college football best bets. And then mixed through that, we'll have some gambling nugget columns from our stats information department, as well as the ever-popular Mike Clay top 10 props to choose on Saturday morning. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I uh, I am definitely a subscriber. I know that guy over there is a subscriber, mm-hmm. too. We love the content, and uh, I mean, it is our honor to be able to talk with the deputy editor of everything we we read and, <laughs> and consume. So thank you, thank you, thank Absolutely. you so much, David. You are the man, my friend. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate it. So outside of that, we know uh, you got the uh, youngins about to descend upon you here on Monday, your time. So we'll let you get about your day. Uh, again, thank you so much. And to all of you who tuned in, if you're a member of the TTL faithful, or maybe you just stumbled upon this episode Thank you so much for stopping by and getting your dose of wise words on this beautiful Wednesday, September 22nd, 2021. We hope you have a spectacular rest of your Wednesday, unless you have any other plans. Let's cash some tickets.